Hello, hello, this is DJ Ditch Bitch. Welcome to season three, episode two of Crushing. I went surfing this morning. I brought my friend along with me. We got coffee on the way back. It's super sunny outside. I'm ready to get into a new week, get things shaking. Looking forward to having online school a week from now. Should be exciting stuff. There's a lot to look forward to. My mood has definitely changed since last week. Um, So I just want to get into some life updates to start things off. Um, The first thing I want to say is that like navigating this Omicron strain of COVID is really challenging um, because I feel like honestly everybody is at a really different spot with like what makes them feel safe and what they're comfortable with and what their personal needs are. Um, So it's just like a really, I guess, like interesting meditation on like humanity and like, you know, how much is it important to protect at-risk populations and like people who would like be really at risk if they got sick from the virus and how important is it to like care for yourself and socialize um, when it feels like that's something that you really need to take care of yourself. So I feel like that's honestly really interesting just to think about. Um, And that can be hard, like, you know, filling your own cup while also empathizing with other people's situations. Um, So it's complicated and I think it's a really nuanced subject. And it, as much as I would like it to easily fit into a black and white category like what the exact right thing to do is honestly I think that it's super new and nuanced and there's a lot of gray area there um so another another life updates part two is that I am manifesting some super cool guests on the show and I'm really excited about who I've been talking to hopefully we get them on um I also am excited about some rad opportunities coming my way. I've been manifesting. I've been networking. I've been reaching out to people and making connections because honestly, I've realized that I have nothing to lose because like I care way more about doing my creative work than being rejected by anybody. And so without fear comes a lot of opportunity. So I'm looking forward to it. Um... And I'm ready to start things off with a song.
you just heard Loving is Easy by Rex Orange County. That's a big throwback, but it's a fun one. Oh, guys, I forgot this super important update. I don't know how I missed it. So the crushing sex, love, and relationships advice column is going to be up on Mondays before each episode. And the first time that happened was this week. So I'm going to get to answer some questions at the end of this episode, which is going to be so exciting. I'm super looking forward to doing that. Um, super happy to get this segment running and integrated into the episodes and up on Instagram. Um, that said, so today's themes um, are going to be interesting and like very personal to me. Uh, so I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to using this platform to talk about them. So the name of this episode is Compulsory Heterosexuality and Gender Bending. And I'm just going to give like a brief... Um, I don't know, explanation of some like feelings that I've had as a child and throughout my life that provide insight into these topics. But before I do that, I'm actually gonna eat some lunch and then I'm gonna start recording again, so BRB. Okay, so I'm fueled up. I'm ready to get back into things. I had a delicious lunch, a brown rice, chickpeas, cucumbers, tomatoes, Ithaca lemon beet hummus, get Ithaca hummus. It's literally the best thing you'll ever taste. And then I had a little post-lunch dessert, which is a must for me always. I had some dates and some chocolate covered almonds and they were so delicious. I'm on that health food grind right now. Um, eating well, feeling good. Um, that said, let's, uh, let's get into the content today. So on the topic of gender bending because that's what I want to start with. Um, as a kid, I really disdained being girly and I feel like this is firstly because I didn't feel like me in girls clothes. Like I would put on a dress and be like, no, I want to be in shorts and a t-shirt. But secondly, I think, you know, many young women can remember a time as young girls when being a girl was uncool and it was like more preferable to be a boy. Um, so like, for example, I felt like I couldn't shop in the girls section at Target and I had to shop in the boys section. Like, otherwise I would be deemed girly and therefore like not good enough. And I think that this is a really sad thought that girldom was frowned upon so much that... I literally like wanted to erase myself of anything that could possibly be girly. And that is misogyny, like to the umpteenth degree, right? Because young girls literally feel embarrassed and ashamed of like liking girl things like dolls and dressing in girly clothes at a certain point in their childhood, which is like insane to me. Um... But, like, I identified as a tomboy, right? So I played in the dirt and I wore t-shirts and shorts, even it was even when it was, like, 30 degrees outside. Um, and I wore Converse. And I just felt like I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, like, really playing into that male gaze as early as some of my peers were. So one embarrassing example I have is... When I was in seventh grade, I went to a bat mitzvah of one of like the most popular girls at my middle school. Um, and my mom made me put on this super fancy dress that was like that like super thick material with embroidery. And it was like a nice ass dress. But then, you know, a bunch of other girls were showing up in like tube dresses and I looked really formal for the occasion in comparison to my peers and I just like felt really left out because I, my mom like wanted me to perform and her version of dressing nice was you know put on this dress because you're going to this really nice bat mitzvah and then other girls version of that was like how do I dress like sexy in this like teeny bop kind of way and it's just like interesting to consider like how gender performance comes into play at such a young age. And so because like I wasn't conceptualizing the male gaze at age 12, because I would say that I'm a pretty late bloomer 
Like I just like kind of felt forced into this dress by my mom, but I was immediately left out, felt left out when I realized that my peers were kind of like dressed sexily for the first time. Um, and you know, I feel like I identified with that feeling a lot moving into high school, this idea that if I dress like a boy, people are gonna think I'm gay. And so I have to change what I wear and perform my gender as more girly. And I feel like, you know, in as I got older throughout high school, I kind of discarded wearing sweatshirts to school and like high top sneakers to school and adopted like different things that I think like changed my gender expression or in my view changed the way that people were perceiving my gender expression. Um, but ultimately gender expression is different from sexuality, but I just felt that if people read me like as a tomboy, they would think that I was gay. And now in my life, I understand that there's like a lot of nuance to being sexy and um, I feel more comfortable like playing with my gender expression. Like I can be sexy if I dress the boyish, which I often do. Like I usually sag a pair of Levi's and I wear a tight fitting crop tank top without a bra, like as opposed to wearing skinny jeans and like a push up bra in this like male gaze centered look type of thing. Um, so it's just, it's just interesting like to reflect on my own personal fears that I've had growing up and honestly, even to an extent going now, like going out now, you know, I do consider what people will think about me and what people will think about my sexuality specifically based on what I wear. Um, so that's something I've been thinking a lot recently and I've been talking about it a lot with my friends. Um, so before we talk about compulsory heterosexuality, I just want to take a break and play a song for you guys. Sundown and I'm feeling lifted Downtown cherry lipstick Watch your silk dress dancing in the wind Watch it brush against the skin Makes me wanna try your on Like life's so fun, life's so fun Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on Bag on my side cause I'm out till dawn Keeping it light like silk chiffon
You just heard Silk Chiffon by Muna featuring Phoebe Bridgers. Life's so fun, life's so fun. Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on. Dude, this song literally like makes me want to go buy rollerblades. Like I got to go do that now and put them on and also put on a mini skirt and go outside in the sunshine and feel the vibes. Okay, so back to the content for today. I just, I wanna talk about compulsory heterosexuality. So before we do that, I'm just gonna provide a quick definition. So the term was originally popular, popularized by Adrienne Rich in her essay about com called Compulsory Heterosexuality and Lesbian Existence. So this is essentially the theory that heterosexuality is assumed and enforced upon women by a patriarchal and heteronormative society. What that means is because we have the expectation in our head ingrained into us from childhood as young women that we should have babies and like have the biological children of a man who we are married to, we feel that this is an ideal, this is an expectation that we have to live up to by the end of our lives. And this is basically just a way of like keeping women's power in check and making sure that they are inherently dependent on men. Um, so the patriarchy at its finest. But you know, my roommate actually introduced this concept to me and it's caused me to like think a lot about like my sexuality and my identity. And so I've always been the person that has this idea in my head, you know, I'm going to be pregnant with my own baby and like I'm going to be sitting on the beach next to like the sexiest man alive and, you know, my babies are going to learn to surf and it's like this whole fantasy, right? And we're going to have this epic wedding that's like also super ethereal and like rock and roll. But, you know, I think it's like really interesting because I, I'm the type of person who's like, I, I think that I definitely have the capacity to be sexually attracted to women. And I felt sexually attracted to women before, but I've always felt like I couldn't date women, women or like have sex with them in real life because it doesn't fit into the ideal version of what I feel like my life should look like, right? So like if I have the end goal of ending up with a man and like having his children, then where do women come into the picture? Um, and then, you know, the second thing on that note is that I personally feel like I'm always too caught up dating men to ever really want to pursue women. Like before I even like consider like, huh, like what if I met a woman that I actually liked and I like wanted to have a relationship with her, you know, the next guy comes along and there's not really a time to pause um, and like take that breath and like see if that's like an experience that could actually work for me because I've never been with a woman and I've never dated a woman. But I think, you know, it's really this, this concept has really caused me to reflect because I think that if society was instead telling me that dating women is what is what is acceptable and women are supposed to marry women I feel like that is probably what I would end up doing because I'm just somebody who's honestly like super concerned about um what other people think about me and I yeah it's just caused me to reflect a lot and like think about you know who I who who am I really and like who does society want me to be and who do I feel like I have to be? Like, who do I have to perform as? Um, and I, I wonder, too, if this fear that I had as a child of, like, oh, people are going to think I'm gay. Well, it's like, well, am I gay? Like, am I attracted to women? Like, I feel like I am attracted to women, but, you know, I've never tried it because I feel like it's I'm not allowed to do that, right? So it's just an interesting self-reflection and contemplation about the intersection of sexuality and the intersection of gender expression and like who I am versus who society wants me to be. Um, and then I feel like another element to this too is like I've never really felt comfortable identifying as queer or like even bisexual because I feel like I'm a poser since I know that I probably would prefer to just live my life dating men because I enjoy it. And it's easier to make that choice and just, like, sit in the privilege of that. Um, and I'm also, like, super sexually attracted to men. And, like, I think men are hot. So I can easily do that and, like, decide to just look the other way when it comes to women. But, you know, I really want to push myself to, to know myself because 
I'm, I'm like just like a deep, intense person. And honestly, I feel like I'm going to have a happier life um, if I know myself well. And I'd rather live uh, deeply and intensely and like having a strong sense of who I am. Um, and honestly, you know, I do, I, I want to honor that because it is quite hard for me to actually be around people that feel comfortable existing in a spot where, you know, they aren't digging into existential thought in the way that I am because it's, it's something that I've done since I was a kid. And, you know, I think that honestly, the way that I think can be a little bit repulsive to people because they're like, oh shit, here we go. Like super sensitive, super intense, like existentialism, woo woo shit. Um, but I've always thought that way. And instead of trying to shrink myself, um, and like stop thinking about things in such a meta way, like I'm just going to continue to do it. Um, so yeah, thanks for indulging me in my existential interrogation of gender and sexuality and my childhood experiences. Um, so let's uh, take a break and listen to another song. Um, let's see. Let's see what we got. What we got up next for you guys. Dope shit like that, Jerem. Oh, hi. Welcome back to Kids. Um, follow your dreams. Yeah. Wanna get a mansion, a jacuzzi, a theater to watch my movies, couple whips and lots of fancy things. The kids they call the goonies. I see the future, crystal ball, mirror, mirror hanging on the wall. Who the flash white boy of them all? Got your girlfriend screening all the calls. She bubbling, we fucking and you cuddling. Like baby, where the fuck you been? I wanna tell you she in love with him. So, so we ain't saying nothing. You could probably tell she bluffing, cause she kissed you with the mouth. She gave me head with my all red, wanna rush and go to bed You interrogate that bitch like you the fed So she says she in love with a rock star Rock star, wanna smoke my weed So she asked me where the tops are, tops are January song for me I feel like every January I'm just like yeah like let's put on some Mac Miller let's do it um just puts me in a good mood when I'm feeling kind of miserable 
So I want to hop into my new segment, which is a content creator shout out of the week. Um, so I just want to shout out Alexis Barber. I've been really into her TikToks lately. She makes like really cool tutorial videos on like how to organize your life and like how she uses Google Calendar and like how she does her thing as a working woman in New York City. Um, she's really rad. Um, but one of the things she sheds light on that I want to bring your attention to is how social media algorithm algorithms like TikTok, Instagram, etc., favor pretty white women. Um, so it's actually easier for straight cis white women who meet the beauty standard to become famous than it would be for a black woman like Alexis Barber who makes the exact same content, right? And I feel like this is like a really important thing to acknowledge because um, like, especially for me, right? Because I'm like a white woman with a growing platform who fits the male beauty standard. And I feel like when I'm talking about something like lesbianism or like body positivity, um, uh, it actually means less because I'm in a body that like represents the standard and like passes as straight. And so, you know, me talking about that oppression does not have as much value in the discourse as like the someone who is a part of a marginalized group themselves uh, talking about it. So that's something that I feel like is really important for me to acknowledge as a white woman with a platform. Um, but I also, you know, I feel like if you really think about this like algorithm thing, it's really true just based on anecdotal evidence, right? So like, you know, I post a lot of different stuff on Instagram, but I, I know that the photos I post of me like posing sexually in a bikini fitting into the male beauty standard are the ones that consistently get the most likes. And what that's telling you is like Instagram wants to sell like advertising slots, right? And they want, you know, to post those slots as being lucrative for their advertisers. And so they have to guarantee customer views. And the way that they guarantee customer views is by selling sex and using the beauty standard that they know that most people look for. And so that's why when you post a photo, and you fit into the beauty standard and you're in a bikini, it's going to get more likes. Um, but you know, this kind of like algorithm situation with advertising pervades all platforms. And I think it's really important to acknowledge because, you know, people who make the exact same content as Alexis Barber just like aren't, are even are like more famous and are making more money and are like getting better PR deals just because they fit into all of those things, um, which is a total bummer. And I think we, you know, we definitely just need to be aware of that in 2022, like moving into this internet age. Um, so check out our content. She's a rad person. Um, I think you'll, you'll love it. It's great. Um, all right. So that's my shout out of the week. Check her out on TikTok. Um, I want to take another break and move into some more music. Um, this is actually a Katy Perry song. I absolutely adore. Uh, this is Waking Up in Vegas. Here we go. You gotta help me out. It's all a blur last night. We need a taxi cause you're
you know what too is like now that I literally just played a Katy Perry song I'm thinking about all of the female pop stars from my childhood and like they're all of course straight white women that fit into the male beauty standard like Lady Gaga and Taylor Swift and even Avril Lavigne like hmm who else let's see let's see I guess pink kind of but like she she is I guess like less like playing into the male beauty standard um and Miley Cyrus of course right although you know I feel like less now playing into the male beauty standard but initially she did Selena Gomez, Demi Lovato, um, again, like all white passing women who fit into those beauty standards. So yeah, that's definitely like super interesting to just like think about. And also like, I feel like for me, like the artists that I appreciate are oftentimes um, female white women um, because like I share an identity with them. But and like, you know, I feel like I engage with, with a lot of literature that's written by white women um and I think that's because it's in my comfort zone and like I definitely should be expanding more so that's definitely something that I want to push myself to do for sure um all right all right I so <laughs> you guys <laughs> um Valentine's Day is coming up right and like I honestly kind of reeling like so <laughs> I I like so I, I love Valentine's Day I think it's really fun um because like I'm like obsessed with love like I feel like like if you ask me what the point of life is I'm gonna tell you the point of life is love the point of life is finding the absolute love of your life um but because I don't have a significant other, I, like, really want to find ways that, like, I can celebrate other kinds of love in my life, um, like, on Valentine's Day, you know, but, like, also all the time, like, and, like, that's, like, a lot of what, like, Alexis Barber's content talks about and, like, what Eli Rallo's content talks about is, like, how can, like, I honor myself and, like, fill my cup and, like, take care of myself, you know, in a time in which the world is in turmoil, in which, like, I don't have a romantic interest in my life, and, like, I've been thinking about that a lot, and it's, like, all right, like, what are, like, what are my baseline things, right, like, what makes me feel really good, like, one of those things for me is eating a really good breakfast with, like, all the best ingredients, like, this is gonna sound dumb, but, like, for a while, I was just getting really bad produce, and so, like, I would like put blueberries on top of my yogurt, but then I would like, it would be like a really gross experience because like the blueberries weren't really good. And then I was like, okay, like why don't I just take the extra time to get the blueberries I really like because I could control that thing in the morning and I know it's going to make a positive impact on my mood. Another one of those things for me is surfing, um, you know, which is like obvious, like I love surfing. I talk about that a lot, but you know, I guess what I don't talk about is, like, how hard it can be for me to, like, get up and moving and actually get myself to surf because I'm tired and it feels a lot easier to just, like, lay in bed and, like, feel sad than getting up and doing something which I enjoy doing by the end of it. Um, but, you know, just, like, bridging that gap feels really challenging. So, you know, I'm trying to, like, push myself to go surfing a couple mornings a week and, like, get back into that. Um, because honestly, you know, like I'm talking about like the blueberries and the surfing, but these were small things that I wasn't really paying much attention to in the fall when I had like a romantic interest. I felt like I wasn't, you know, prioritizing my needs and like the foundational things that make me feel happy. And so, you know, I've been thinking a lot about honoring that and, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. And so since I love Valentine's Day so much, I, I want to like honor my love for it. And I think I'm going to, I'm going to have a party and I'm going to like order a bunch of stuff and I'm going to invite my favorite people. And it's going to be like a not your Valentine's Day party. So everyone brings a single person with them. Uh, so that should be super fun. I am really looking forward to it. And just like, you know, I've also like considered like other baseline things that like 
are like really a priority for me. I think one of those things is a yoga class once a week. Like it really just helps me to, you know, not just be working out on my own, like going surfing or like going for a run, but being in a group of people who are like breathing together, like always makes me feel better with the instructor too. Just like saying things to you. It's nice to be told what to do by somebody. Um, so that's one thing that I've been implementing. And another thing that I implement is like consistent journaling. So I try to journal once a day, usually at night or in the morning. And I also, um, I, I always like, I have like this little checklist that I make at the beginning of the day on like a post-it note. And one of the things that I usually write down is like, make, be creative, like make something like every day. I, I like to make something because, you know, like, like working out is not the only thing that can make me feel accomplished, right? Like I feel really accomplished when I like make a TikTok or I record this radio show. Um, I, or I like make a playlist. It makes me feel really good about myself. And then I guess another thing for me is like going and getting coffee. And like, the thing is, is like, well, I, I love coffee that that's for sure, but it's not always about like the coffee itself. It's like about the going and getting, you know, it's about the, the getting ready and the walking there and the picking the music or podcast that I listen to on my way and like enjoying the coffee because it's like that act of self-care, like reminding myself like, oh, I'm a person of value and like, I deserve treats like that. Like I deserve like great things and I can, I'm allowed to buy myself things. Like I'm, I'm allowed to go and like prioritize that need, you know, when it feels important. And like, it's not like, you know, like back to the food theme, right. And, and the coffee theme too. It's, it's not like every, every time I go grocery shopping, I'm not going to get like a shit ton of produce from Whole Foods. Like I'm going to Trader Joe's and I'm picking up a couple of things half the time, but you know, like every few weeks, like when I'm in the middle of midterms, for example, can I splurge on like a big Whole Foods run where I get all my favorite produce and I get some like fancy gluten-free pasta and I get dinosaur kale because like I love eating super healthy food and it makes me happy to like make meals for myself. So that's just something that I'm like super super stoked about and like wanting to just like honor um and so yeah like I think like those are I mean and like just because those are like the things for me that like make me feel good and make me feel love like doesn't mean that those are the things for everybody else but you know that's just like an update on that front and kind of like harkens back to like the whole um complicated omicron situation because like in the face of like a changing world where like there's like all this madness going on like I need to return to myself and think about what are the things that help me build my foundation that help me stay happy that help me stay calm when I'm feeling anxious about the situation um so we're gonna take another break we're gonna listen to some more music before we get into the advice segment for today um this is a new song um this is kissy kissy by isaac dunbar here we go nice to meet you i'm pleased cause i've seen you around in my astral projections i'm a mess i'm obsessed over just for you dear this is my my confession So tell me that you want me the same 
Without further ado, introducing the advice segment of crushing. Here we go. Sex, love, and relationships advice via the UCLA radio Instagram on Mondays. Here's the first round. Let's get into it. All right. So we had a couple of fun questions roll in last night. Um, The first one I'm going to answer is, how do I make him love me? To which I'll respond that... You cannot force love, but games are really fun. And I think the way to, you know, get someone to want to be with you and like want your attention is inconsistency. So what you want to do is be there and then don't be there and kind of like disappear indefinitely and then he'll miss you more. And then the next time that you come back, He's going to be under your spell. So that's my advice for making someone love you. Um, But like, I do truly believe that you can't force love. Like genuine connection is either there or it isn't there and you can't control it. But if you want to play with someone's mind, that's the way to do it. Um, Okay. Then I had another question, uh, which is best dating app. So... I've, I've ranked them for you, just in case you're curious. So, um, my, my first number one is Hinge. Um, I think Hinge is the supreme dating app. It's where all the cool people go, but I have a one in 10 rule, uh, for good dates on Hinge. Um, so basically what that means is like, you gotta go on a lot of dates. You gotta go on a lot of bad dates and then... I'd say, you know, out of those bad ones, there's probably going to be two that are okay and then one that's really good. So you got to stick with it. Um, You got to be persistent. Uh, Number two is Tinder. Um, (laughs) Tinder's great. Tinder's fun. It's kind of like a cool pastime, you know, do your reading, do some Tinder, sit in the grass, do some Tinder. It's like, I think of it as like a 2048 type app on my phone. Um, But the rules for Tinder are that you have to embrace the streets if you're rolling with Tinder. Like you can't go on Tinder looking for love. You can't even go on Tinder looking for a hookup. You know, people are on there for validation. But I'd say with Tinder, the most you need to expect is sex. And the least you need to expect is just like, I don't know, like seeing what's up, just like playing a game, like it's an app on your phone. And then number three is Bumble. I'm trying out Bumble because I just like never really got into it, but I feel like, you know, I need to need to give it a whirl. Um, But like my take on Bumble is that it's too much maintenance. Like I don't want to reach out to guys. I want them to be the ones reaching out to me. Like they should be super stoked on me. Why should I have to do the work? Like, I feel like I'm, like, checking on my webkins 24-7 when I'm going on Bumble. Like, I'm doing all this maintenance and all this work. And, like, I'm a busy person. Like, I need people who are going to, you know, be, like, wanting to talk to me. I don't want to have to start the conversation. I don't want to have to do the work. I just feel like if I'm the one starting the conversation, then that inherently, like, makes it less likely that things are going to work out because like they're not showing any initial interest. So Bumble's kind of off-putting to me, but I haven't really been on enough Bumble dates slash had enough Bumble Bumble conversations to like write it off completely. Okay. And then let's see, let's see. Okay. We had another question, which is, is it worth starting a long distance relationship if we haven't been together for that long? Um, Okay, so my take on long distance is that if it's meant to be, you wouldn't even doubt it for a second. Like, it's going to feel easy and totally worth it. Like, there wouldn't be a question in your mind. You just have to stay together no matter what. And if you don't feel that way, then it's not meant to be and it's not worth it. And it's, like, really interesting because two of my closest friends have had completely opposite experiences with long distance relationships. Like, with one of them, it didn't work because... Like, the person they were seeing was, like, really bad at communication. But another one of my friends has had a great long-distance relationship for a really long time. So I feel like it really just, like, depends because every relationship is different. And also, like, you really have to gauge, like, how you're feeling about the person. Like, it's either a yes or 
a no. Like, if it's not a yes, then it is a no. Um, okay. And then we had another question about the best way to spend Valentine's Day single. So I was talking about this in the segment before the last song, but I feel like there are just so many ways to celebrate love and honor your life that like don't have to do with romantic relationships. And like, I'm not going to sit here and say that like, I don't wish I I don't wish I had a Valentine. Like, I'm happy to be single. No. Like, I wish I had a Valentine. Like, straight up, I do. But, you know, I'm also somebody who's, like, really stoked on life and, like, all the other things I do. And I feel like there's love in everything. Like, you just have to go out and find it. Like, there's love in the ocean and the sky and, like, the seals that are out there when I'm surfing in the mornings and delicious desserts and good sourdough bread and, like, best friends and, like, really good writing and articles and books and all of my go-to songs like Fearless and Taylor Swift that are always going to be there for me like if I'm feeling sad and then like all the great new music I have left to explore and the rest of my life that I have left to live I feel like there's so much to look forward to and like my perspective on Valentine's Day is like I can watch couples you know I can see them in love and be like oh my god like I'm so happy for them because I can't wait for a Valentine's Day when I'm in love and, like, I get to experience that and, like, I just have to have hope. Like, that's the only thing I have left is to hope that there's something to look forward to in the future and I'd just rather live, like, hopefully and optimistically instead of pessimistically and, like, feeling like nothing's ever going to work out for me. So that's my advice on Valentine's Day. Um... Okay, then we had another question. Um, Best way to meet people at a big school. So obviously UCLA is like huge, like it's it's very large. Um, So I think like it depends what you're looking for, right? So my take on it is like, I don't think that relationships can really come out of a like one-time hookup situation. Um, at a party that like has like a super fast turnaround because I think the issue is is that like you don't know you don't you aren't taking time to get to know the person and like they aren't really taking time to get to know you and so like the personality aspect of it isn't coming first and like you might have sexual compatibility like for like a month or two months or three months but the reality is if you don't like get to know each other and you don't like each other's personalities that's going to fade because you're there isn't going to be an incentive for you guys to spend time with with each other besides like having sex and so i feel like that's one thing to be mindful of but then i think also the best advice about like um meeting people at a big school i think actually comes from my dad which is like you need to just figure out the things that you like to do and you need to continue to do them and what i mean by that is like you need to find like those hobbies and those like little nooks and crannies that you continue to visit because the other people who continue to do those same hobbies and visit those same spots are go- you're going to end up like running into them more and you guys are going to like develop the same social circle, right? So like for example, for me, like I'm a part of UCLA Radio, like I like to go surfing at the same beach all the time. I have like my coffee spots that I go to, I have my walks that I go on. I have like my like once a week Whole Foods produce run. Like these are things that I'm doing all the time. And so the other people who share that interest and like happen to also do those things are are going, I'm gonna end up running into them. So like, that's like my advice for just like being in a big place and like having grown up in a city, that's definitely um, some experience that I feel like I can shed light on. Um, and then I'd say too, another thing is just your classes and like, So if you're sitting in a big lecture hall, it can be really hard to like, you know, just like spark up a conversation with the person sitting next to you. But I highly recommend doing it because this is a really good way to like not only meet like a love interest, but also just to meet friends. Like there's no harm in just saying, hi, what's your name? Like I'm so-and-so, like how are you? It's just like a good way to like reach out and see what's up and like what, like, you know, you never know like who's going to be sitting next to you. Um, so it's just good, like a good way to like, just, just be friendly and be open to the people in your community. And like, yeah, it is scary to sometimes like take the leap of (laughs) starting an interaction with someone, but I feel like ultimately it's always worth it because for me, it's like, 
when like <laughs> I think about rejection like this, like, okay, like this is baseline me. If I get rejected, I'm still going to be me. Like I only have something to gain. There's literally nothing to be lost. So I feel like that's honestly the assessment you need to have if you are in a position like that. Um, okay, next question. What should I do if I think my boyfriend likes my best friend? Uh, LOL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't like, I feel like you should break up with your boyfriend. Like, if you think your boyfriend likes your best friend, then why are you dating your boyfriend? Like, he clearly doesn't, like, he's clearly, like, not invested in your relationship. And, like, you should be value, valuing yourself. And, like, valuing yourself is having a boyfriend who also values you. And so then, like, you obviously have to break up with your boyfriend. Like, there's literally no doubt in my mind. and Or at least, like, have a conversation with them and be like, yo, like, like, what's up with you? Why are you flirting with so-and-so? Like, what's up with that? Like, there needs to be a confrontation there. You can't just let that slide. Uh, no thanks. <laughs> can't do that. Um, alrighty. And then we had another question that was most cringe dating app story. Um, okay. So I've been on a lot of dates from dating apps and honestly, I feel like I just like equate that to like doing research now. Like I'm like, sure, I'll go on a date once a week just for research purposes, like learning new things about the city and like what men are like. It's like a huge thought experiment that I have. Um, but let's see. Okay. I think one of the worst dates I had was one of the dates I went on last year, like in the beginning, well, in the beginning, in the fall, and it was, like, a surf date, because it was, like, a social distancing date, and, you know, I was, like, talking to this guy on this dating app, and he, like, seemed pretty cute, and, like, kind of whatever, and he was, like, yeah, like, let's go surfing, like, kept on, like, talking himself up as this really good surfer, and I'm, I like get into my wetsuit. He's still not there. I'm like, okay, like I'm in the parking lot, you know, like, where are you? And I was like, oh, yo, like what's up? And he was like, wow, like you weren't lying. Like I really would see you. Like it was like some kind of like weird compliment he was trying to make about how I looked. And I was like, oh, ha. And the wave, so we're like surfing Topanga, but it's the fall and the surf is like maybe one to two feet. And this guy has the smallest shortboard and I'm like looking at him and I'm looking at the board and I'm like, this dude is just, he's not gonna float. Like it's not happening for him. So we paddle out there and I'm on my longboard and you know, I'm catching waves and he's just paddling really hard, like not catching anything. Oh, and I forgot this part of the story, which is that you know those like reef diving shoes that like tourists wear when they go on vacation like and you know like it's okay to wear booties if it's winter in california but it's september like why are you wearing booties number one number two why are you wearing the neo sport like divers like reef shoes like they're just not booties like how are you gonna talk yourself up to me and act like you're this really good surfer when you show up looking like that riding a board that you can't stand up on um, so it was kind of hilarious because we were at Topanga and like all the, so all the dudes who like sit at the top of the peak, like, like probably are like kind of familiar with me because I surf there like three or four times a week and they're looking at me and they're looking at this dude and I'm embarrassed because I'm like, oh my God, I cannot be seen with him. Like, what are they going to think like of me as a surfer that like I associate with people like this? Like it's making me look bad. And then, like, it was, like, really cold. And I was wearing a short wetsuit because it's, like, that point in California when the season changes. And I think we were out there for, like, 45 minutes. And I was just, like, okay, like, I need to go in. Like, the surf was small. I was, like, ready to go do online school. So I just go. I, like, paddle in. I'm, like, okay, like, I'm going to get the next one in. Like, see you in. Like, you should just, like, catch a wave in, too. And I just, like, wait on the beach for a really long time because he can't catch a wave in. And it was so, it was just, like so awkward and then he was like telling me that he like managed a band but it was like no you're 20 years old and then he like also such a red flag referred to black lives matter protests in santa monica as riots and i was like okay like not gonna happen like nope 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 which is like 
it's giving the men on dating apps who just say like that they're moderates. It's like, what, what does that mean that you're a moderate? Like, are you trying to like widen your audience of women that are going to say yes to you? Like, just like, just in case they're Republican and they're hot. Like, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Um, so this was super fun. So stoked to introduce this advice segment. Um, looking forward to answering some more questions in the future and also on Instagram. So stay posted on that. Um, like I said, we have some super amazing guests to look forward to in the coming weeks. And, you know, I'm happy to be expanding my platform by making content in different ways. And yeah, guys, have a great weekend. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.